Well, again, welcome to Cheney Faith Center. My name is Pastor Cooper. Glad you're with us in the in-person, at home, doing the live stream. And I want to play a quick little video, because a few weeks ago, my wife and I had to stay home. We were kind of doing the quarantine thing. And so we got to do the live stream thing and experience the live stream with the kids in the room and all that stuff. And let me just say, you who are at home doing live stream, like, thanks so much. And I laugh at myself now, because like when, I, when, I, when I'm leading worship, and I'm like, all right, create a space to worship, create a space to just like be with Jesus. It's not that easy <laughs> when you're at home. There's distractions. So I want to play a quick little video clip. This is what our experience is like during the live stream. So let's just take a look. Yeah, praising Jesus. You worshiping Theo? Oh. Okay. Let's miss Karen. Love it. <laughs> so again, um, want to just say, hey, thanks for just being intentional when you're at home doing live stream. If you're doing that, um, it's fun, and the Lord's still working in those environments, and it's good stuff, right? And apparently my son, Theo, worships already. He's just like, I already woke up and worshiped. Now I'm playing basketball. You're, you're, you're doing it, man. You are doing the life. So, well, uh, we are in our intentional series. In the past few weeks, we've been talking about how we should be intentional with the Holy Spirit and also intentional with our resources. Well, today I'm gonna continue on in that theme, and we're gonna talk about being intentional in our relationships. Now, there's two main questions I want us to just kind of have overarching throughout today's conversation, and they're these two questions. What is or what are my primary relationship contexts? And then how can I be intentional in that context? In right now, our lives, there's a lot of different relationships that we might find ourselves in. Um, maybe it's a marriage relationship, maybe it's single, maybe you're in college, maybe you have roommates, maybe you have in-laws, maybe you're a grandparent, maybe you're in a blended family, um, you're, a, you're a kid, you're an adult. Like, there's so many dynamics, but what I find by reading the scripture is God's word is very clear in how we carry out biblical principles in our relationships, how we can be intentional in those relationships so that they are thriving and they are flourishing, and that we can see the wholeness of what God has intended for us as humanity lived out in the right ways. So this morning, I might focus a little bit more on some of the family structure relationship, and I also want to give a shout out. Um, tomorrow night, Monday night, my wife and I are going to host a live stream through our YouTube and Facebook page um, about intentional marriages. So that's going to be the place where we're going to really focus on that conversation of how do you be intentional in that relationship context, the context of marriage. So maybe you are married, you're on the path of marriage, or you have a desire to be married one day. Um, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about that. It's gonna be real, it'll be fun, but I think really practical as well. And so I wanna give a shout out that tomorrow night, 8 p.m., um, it's not gonna be in person, it's just gonna be through YouTube and Facebook. It will be a chance for you to just kind of deep dive a little bit more on what it means to have an intentional marriage. And by no means are my wife and I experts at all on this. 
We're just simply saying, here's what God's word is saying. Here's how it's leading our lives. We want to share some of those practical tools that, um, that we're working on through the Holy Spirit as well in our marriage. And so we want to invite you to join with us um, in that live stream. So a little shout out to that. But today we are talking about relationships and we're talking about how to be intentional in the relationships. And it really relates back to what we've been talking about in the series, the Holy Spirit being intentional, being empowered through him to let that live and lead out our lives but also being intentional with what God has given us, our resources. And that means also the relational resources that God has given as well. So before we dive in, let's pray. And then um, Holy Spirit will just lead us through this, this conversation. Sound good? All right. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that we can gather here and just uh, let your word speak out. And let that um, not only uh, encourage us, but challenge us, Lord. Challenge us to um, submit ourselves to your love and your law and to truly thrive and flourish in what you have um, designed for us, what you've created for us, Lord. And so, Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds. Speak through me. Let it not be uh, my words, but your words, Lord, um, during this time. And we just give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, something that I wanna just start off with and like a big kind of point. And this might be the only point you need this morning. And if that's true, then you can log off the live stream. You can leave and be like, hey, that was my point. I'm gone. Like, see you later, whatever it is. But it's this. And I think it's really crucial um, because we have different personality types. We have different ways of interacting in relationships and how we serve people, how we love people. But it is this point. We are not our relationships Jesus. Jesus is. Let me say that one more time. We are not our relationships, Jesus. Jesus is. You're like, okay. <laughs> like, what do you mean by that? Well, here's what I mean by that. We, as humans, need Jesus. We need Jesus every day. We need his Holy Spirit to renew us, to guide us, to give us direction in all things. We can embody the characteristics of Jesus through his Holy Spirit, his forgiveness, his grace, but we ourselves do not save people. Jesus does. We need to be reminded of that because sometimes in our relationships, we might insert ourselves as the savior, as the one who is going to save that person. It's clear in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul talks about how we plant the seeds, we water the seeds, but God grows the seed. God changes the heart. We get to be a part of the process, but it's God that does the heart change. And so I say that um, in all seriousness, that we are not our relationships, Jesus. Jesus is. Like we just talked about during communion, it's only through his blood, his blood that was poured out that our sins are forgiven. It's only Jesus who saves us. We don't save other people. We point them to Jesus. We lead them to Jesus. We share Jesus. But we ourselves are not the saving force in our relationships. And so I want to just make sure that's kind of clear um, because when we insert ourselves in that position, um, it can lead us down some unhealthy roads, a lot of frustration, a lot of anger, and it could be just areas that I believe God has not intended for us to be in. That's not our role. That's the role of Jesus. And so I want to make that 
kind of a clear overarching thing when it comes to being intentional in our relationships. Another reality that we just need to just understand is that this year has been tough. In this last year of a pandemic and so many um, political things and opinions and division, like we can probably all say like, yeah, this has been one of the harder years to carry out intentional relationships. Maybe you've had really hard conversations with people you love or people that you don't even know on social media and you're like, ah, whatever it might be, but it's not been easy, right? It's been a hard year because I believe the enemy really wants to come in and divide relationships. I believe the enemy wants to separate and divide what God wants to bring together. And, and I'm saying like he hasn't accomplished that mission, but he's, he's hitting us pretty hard. There's been division throughout the church, not only here at CFC, but just the global church. There's been divisions in so many relationships this past year. Fallout in the family structure, in the marriage structure, um, from the workforce. I mean, there's just been so many things that have happened. So we need to, we need to recognize that this has been a tough year, but we also need to recognize this is opportunity for God to restore through his Holy Spirit the relationships that he has given us so that we can continue to be intentional in those relationships moving forward. Let's just look at a quick little biblical theology when it comes to relationships and God's design and intent behind them. Um, it's found in the Genesis account, uh, the creation of the world. So God is already in community. He's already in relationship. The, 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 the uh, language is let us make. So God's already in community with, with the Trinity. So he's a relatable God. He wants to be in community. He says, let us make man. Let us make creation. So he does that. And like we learned about last week, when he makes man, it is very good. It's not just good. It's very good. So there's this separation. But then God realizes, ah, there's nothing like really for man to relate with. And so he then takes woman out of man and creates the perfect relationship for them. It's called an Ezor relationship from the Hebrew, which is like this perfect, like they are just meant for each other type of relationship, man and woman. And so he says, boom, this is, this is what it is, right? This is the created intent. And so we have perfection of relationship modeled and intended from the creation account. We have perfection between God and man. They are relating to each other. And we have perfection within the, the man and the woman, within the humanity's relationship as well. But like we learned maybe in Sunday school or you've heard from our preaching here, the fall has happened. The fall happens. The enemy recognizes this perfection of relationship, that there is this beautiful community of intentionality there in the Garden of Eden. He doesn't like that. And so what does he do? He spreads false news. He was doing it before any media outlet was doing it, right? He starts spreading some false news. He tries to hit up on the pride of humanity and saying like, did God really say that? Does God really care about you? Starts just filtering in these lies. And now what we see happening with humanity is we get a little prideful. We say, no, 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 no. God didn't say that. Like, I'm, I'm good, I'm great. And we kind of like, like, kind of like, ooh, get all defensive and start to let our pride rise up a little bit because what God had initialized is humility. He said, hey, I've created the world, I've created mankind, and I have the framework to live in, so submit to that. Submit to what I have intended for creation, and you will live 
in a, in a world of life. You will flourish. And that's the Garden of Eden. But we let sin creep in. We let pride creep in. And that brought in death. Death and life cannot coexist. It just does not work. And so brokenness happened in the relationship between God and man, but also we see between man and woman within the humanity's relationship. There's immediate blame shifting between um, Adam and Eve. Like, ah, it was the woman's fault. It was her fault. Ah! And it's kind of this whole like, ah, like trying to just like get out of it, right? Be the, be the, be the scapegoat. What we see is pride becomes something within humanity. And humility is not as prevalent as it once was, where man and woman were humble to God's intent and submitted their life to God's way of life to have a life that flourishes. So now the first step I wanna say to being intentional in our relationships is to be humble, is to be humble. I believe this is like the groundwork for all of our relationships is to humble ourselves as a spouse, as a parent, roommate, a son or daughter, a grandma, in-law, boss, employee, as a Jesus follower, that we would submit ourselves to God and to his way of life, not what we think is best. Recently in our 77-day challenge, we were in First and Second Samuel. This is early on in that 77-day reading challenge. And we read through the life of David, King David, David and Goliath, King David. In most of his life, he was a very humble person. He submitted all that he was to the Lord, to his law, and to God's way of life. And he was obviously elevated up to that kingship status. There was a new covenant that was made with him in 2 Samuel 7. But then there is this turning point that we read in 2 Samuel, starting in chapter 11, where he allows his pride to overcome and he doesn't submit himself to God's way. See, David becomes prideful and he neglects his relationship in every context that he has. Husband, father, king, spiritual leader. Yeah, there, there is repentance in his life. He models that and there's forgiveness of sin. But in his relationships, there was a lacking of intentionality. And because of that, there were negative outcomes that happened, and it got worse and worse and worse. You're like, wait, King David, a man after God's own heart? Yeah, King David. He did not humble himself all the time. There were times where he would repent and restore, and God was faithful to forgive him, but there was outcomes that happened in his life because he was not intentional to humble himself to God's way, and so therefore he wasn't intentional in his own relationship context. What ensues is adultery, the death of a baby, the incest rape of his daughter from his son, a civil war between his family that causes the lives of many to perish, and horrible, prideful decision-making processes as a king that lead to thousands upon thousands of thousands of Israelites to have disease and plight and just be dead. Because he chose to not submit himself and to be humble to God's way, but allowed his pride to overtake what he wanted. And that played out in his relationships in almost every context he had a relationship with. Now, what was David submitting himself to? It's something that we see in the Old Testament 
based in Deuteronomy 6. It is called the Shema. It is a Jewish way of life, and it's known uh, more probably famously as love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. That was the Shema, and that was directed by Moses. So I want to go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. This is Moses at the end of his life giving decree to the whole nation of Israel, saying like, hey, here's what God wants for you to flourish, to have intentional relationships, for your, for your descendants to be good with you, for there to be goodness in what you are doing as the Jewish people, as God's chosen people. It says this in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. What's important here is in this time, they believed every decision was made from the heart. So they didn't include the mind. That happens later when Jesus talks about this. Verse six, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Again, you're making your decisions from your heart, so have these on your heart. Impress them on your children. There it is right into the family structure. On those intentional relationships, impress these things on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Moses is saying, hey, love Lord your God, 24-7. This is not just a Sunday thing or when you send a youth group thing or when you just happen to be at a Bible study thing. This is a continual process that you are submitting yourself unto so that you are humble and you are allowing God to rule your life, not your own prideful ways. And so this Shema, it continues on. Jesus reiterates this in Mark 12, Luke 10, Matthew 22, when the Pharisees try to kind of corner him and saying like, hey, Jesus, what's the best commandment? Like, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus is kind of like, you guys are Pharisees. You should, you should know this. It's the Shema. He says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But then because he's Jesus, he adds more to it. He says, and love your neighbor as yourself because you guys are a bunch of buttheads. <laughs> That's basically what he's saying. And so he's, he's amping it up. And this is the model where blessing flows in our relationships. When we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and we love our neighbor as ourself. When we're doing that, when we're submitting ourselves to that, we are being intentional in the relationships that God has given us. So let's do a little live action lab here in some real context. And my heart is to not preach like behavior modification, my heart is to always preach Jesus and the Holy Spirit because he transforms our hearts and then outwardly our behaviors change because of what Christ is doing in our own hearts. It doesn't go the other way around. But I think it's good to have some just clear-cut examples of what this could look like. I'm gonna kind of focus on the family structure. Um, I find myself in that right now with a four-year-old, a one-and-a-half-year-old. Um, and again, we're gonna talk more about this in the marriage context as well um, tomorrow night during that live stream. But think about those first questions. What's my primary relationship context and how can I be intentional in that context? We'll be thinking about that as well as we're doing some examples. But parents, you might be driving down 904 with your kids. You happen to be behind the slowest driver in the world. I apologize if it's me because I'm kind of a slow driver. And you're getting antsy. You're getting kind of like, what is going on? Like, let's go, we're late. And you start to maybe um, exhibit some personality traits that are not 
loving the Lord or loving your neighbor as yourself. You might be trying your subtraction with two fingers and you forget what finger to put down. You're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And, you know, and the Holy Spirit hopefully is convicting you. It's hopefully saying like, hey, that's, that's not how you should be carrying your life. And so it's in those everyday moments you say, oh, yeah, I need, I, need to, I need to confess that and repent of that. I need to humble myself. And you do it out loud with your kids in the car. You say, hey, kids, like right now, like dad is not doing great. And the Lord just convicted me that I need to just repent of that because I'm not loving my neighbor as I should. And so I'm just going to confess, Lord, I'm sorry. That was not the right heart to carry out. And um, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And Holy Spirit, empower me to have self-control and patience for the rest of the stretch of 904 before I lose it. No. But right, but you also want to empower yourself through the Holy Spirit, be intentional in that um, so that you can really endure those times. But you're showing your kids how you're being humble. You're saying, I don't have it figured out. I'm, I'm, I'm admitting that I need Jesus. I'm admitting that I need to humble myself to God's way of life and to what he's doing. If your heart is angry when it comes to uh, maybe discipline or whatever it might be, you might need to do a follow-up with your kids. You might need to come up to them and say, hey, with grace and humility, um, my anger shouldn't drive my, my discipline. Yeah, dad got angry back there. That's not my heart, and I, I apologize for that. My love will never fail for you. My love will never fail for you because God's love never fails for us. You can have a moment that you can say, hey, it's, it's not because I don't love you that I'm disciplining you because I want the best for you. And sometimes the Lord needs to remind us, maybe with a firmer rod than others, <laughs> I was a firm rod kid, um, to get back in the line and be called up to what he has for us yeah. as children of God. See, we need humility, and we need to exhibit that in the everyday, right? Like the Shema says, when you're up at night, or when you're up in the day, when you're sleeping, when you're walking on the road, when it's just every part of your life that you're submitting your, your life to the Lord, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. See, humility and intentionality gains relational currency. And as you gain that currency, with the context that you find yourself in by being humble, that gives space to have the hard conversations. That gives space to have those growth conversations that are hard to have and not easy to have. But when you've gained that relational currency because you've humbled yourself, it makes that space a lot easier to have those conversations. Our next main point is this. Being intentional in our relationships means we are intentional in our relationship with Jesus. You're probably thinking, well, that's a no-brainer. You've been talking about that the entire time. Well, it's good just to say it. <laughs> and not only is it to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, it's also carrying out those spiritual disciplines that we talked about back in January. Those are those everyday practices that you can do within the context that God has placed you, whatever that relational context is, to live that outwardly for transformation to occur. In Ephesians 5, uh, verses 15 through 16, it says this. This is Paul talking to the church of Ephesus. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. I think the thing that um, was a kind of a relief for me 
as a, as a Jesus follower, now as a dad, as, as a husband, was I don't need to plan all these extra, extra, extra things to be the best Christian in the world. I need to just live it out in the daily things that God provides. The daily occurrences that come up in life is to always take whatever the Lord gives and point it back to Jesus and to be intentional with that. If your kid gets hurt, you, you, you pray for them right there in the moment. You don't just say, oh, like, I'm so sorry. Like, you say, hey, Theo, we believe that God is a healer. We believe that Jesus heals us. So we're gonna pray right now for healing that the pain would go away. And you claim with some power what God is doing. You do it in the moment. And so it's modeling to your son or your daughter or whoever you're with that you believe in the power of healing because we believe in the power of healing. We're not just gonna say, oh, that's something that we're gonna do second or third attempt. No, we, we, we do it first off. When you give up that parking spot or hold the door, it's because you're loving your neighbor. You make that known. Say, hey, this is why we do this, because as Christ followers, we are kind to others, and we love our neighbor as ourself. For parents with older kids, I would say don't be afraid to share your story. Don't be afraid to share what God has done in your life, the good and the bad. Be real, be raw, because Christ has done a work in you, and that needs to be shared, because there's victory in your story, and your kids need to know that. Approach the hard questions before they have a chance to search them on Google or YouTube. Be proactive in bringing truth because the world is overactive in speaking lies. And so I wanna encourage you as parents to be proactive. And if you don't know like how to answer the questions maybe, say, you know what? Let's find out together. Let's go to God's word together. That's you being intentional in your Jesus relationship which is then just flowing right into intentionality with that relationship right there. Our family service, Isaac said, the iconic family service in the, in the vision cast thing, at, at, um, at 11 a.m. is modeling this perfect for our young families. There's times where we're, we're teaching and we're preaching to them, but there's a ton of time where the kids and the families are together and they're praying together. They're unpacking scripture together and discussing it as a family unit. I mean, that's, that's what God wants, really, is that the, the unity of relationship, like we saw back in the creation account in the Garden of Eden, that you are together, that you are living for Jesus together, that you are submitted together to God's word. And that's what's happening there during that family service. And it's really beautiful. It is awesome. I want to give, again, just a big shout out to what our Faith Kids directors are doing, but also a shout out to just the parents who are being a part of that. Um, it's really awesome to see just you guys step in full on to be with, with, with your kids during that time. Um, depending on the age or your relationship context, just make reading God's word a habit. It doesn't have to be the one hour big Thanksgiving meal like we're gonna read and you throw down the King James Bible and dust flies everywhere and you're like, you sit down, daddy's reading the Bible. And you're like, ah, you just, you make it natural. You make it a part of what you're doing in the everyday life. Maybe things come up throughout your life. Say, oh, that reminds me of a verse I read the other day. And you can speak on that, right? You're just modeling the intentionality of your Jesus relationship in the relationship context that God has placed you in. It's not another thing to do, to check off, to become a perfect Christian. It is just a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle of being intentional with Jesus, which then helps you be intentional 
in the relationship context that God has placed you in. Now, like I said earlier, we're going to talk about um, marriage more intently uh, tomorrow night during that live stream, but I want to share a biblical narrative of what this can look like, having humility, intentionality um, with, with your God relationship, with, with that Jesus relationship, to let that be played out in a marriage context. I want to go to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. If you know your Bible, you're like, that's the Christmas story. Yes, we're talking about Christmas really close to St. Patrick's Day. Don't worry, it's all gonna work. <laughs> so this is what it says in Matthew chapter one, verses 18 through 25, and the verses will be on the screen um, behind me and for you at home as well. It says this, this is how jo- uh, Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. What we see in that verse, Joseph was a righteous man. He most likely was shamaing in his life. He was loving the Lord, his God, with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength. That was what he was doing. He was known as that. But he was also like, ah, this is awkward <laughs> right now. Like, my pride, I, got, I have an image to keep up. Verse 20, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Right there, humility, big time. He's, he's a Jewish man. He has so many rights, and he was already gonna break off the engagement. He comes to her because God gave him direction. So he submitted with humility to God's direction, God's way of life. He says, I also gotta be humble to my, to my fiance and tell her I screwed up. I was, I, was, I was thinking my way, not God's way. So he humbles himself and says, I'm, I'm committing I'm in, I'm in for this relationship. Verse 25, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. See, Joseph was a righteous man. He was someone who was loving the Lord, his God. He was being intentional in that God relationship. But he also, as we see, he humbled himself. He let humility be a key part of who he was so that he could be intentional in the relationship context that he found himself in, which was to be married to Mary. And I think the result is pretty good because he helped raise Jesus, kind of a big deal. And so (laughs) good thing he was intentional in that relationship, right? See, when we're humble as a person and intentional in our relationship with Jesus, our relationships will be set up to succeed. They won't always be successful because it takes two, right? There's multiple sides. But we are doing our part to set up our relationship for success. We can be intentional because Jesus was first intentional with us. It is us responding out of that truth in every relationship context that we find ourselves in. Something I want to end on here in the next few minutes is this truth that we really started a few weeks ago that the Holy Spirit, we have to be intentional in the Holy Spirit 
to truly live out a flourishing life. We see that in multiple parts of scripture, that the Holy Spirit's gotta empower us to live out that Jesus life. Because like in Acts, wait for the Holy Spirit. Jesus was very clear on that. Wait for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit before you go out. So we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. But what we see way back in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 30, is Moses declaring a hard truth to the people of Israel, but also a promised hope of Jesus and what we need. Moses is about to die. This is his last great little moment to um, speak to the Israelites before they go into the promised land. He's saying you're, you're, you're gonna experience good, bad, fallout. Your relationships are gonna be dismantled. You're gonna be exiled. He basically prophesies like your life is going to be not fun because you are choosing to not follow the Lord because your hearts are so calloused. But he says this in Deuteronomy 30, chapter six, or uh, chapter 30, verse six. The Lord your God will change your heart and the hearts of all your descendants so that you will love him with all your heart and soul and so you may live. What Moses is saying to properly live out our relationships, to be intentional in our relationships, to be humble, to be intentional in that Jesus relationship that flows over into whatever context we find ourselves, requires a new heart, requires a transformed heart. Who gives a new heart? Jesus. Through his death and resurrection is where we get that new heart, is where we are transformed to where we can truly intentionally live out our relationships. It is from this perspective and truth that we see what God had always intended in the Garden of Eden was for God to be together with man, to relate together. And that only happens when we get a new heart, when we say yes to Jesus. And from there, through the Holy Spirit, we are empowered to live out our relationships with intentionality so they will flourish. And then that'll as well help others to know Jesus and live for him daily. Recently in some core relationships of mine, we needed Jesus big time. We needed to properly live out gospel reconciliation. It was hard, but it was so beautiful. And we saw because of the new hearts that Christ has given us, we can have forgiveness for each other. We can, we can come together and say, I'm sorry. I'm gonna forgive you because Christ has first forgiven me and my calloused heart is ripped away. And I have a new heart because it's a new heart in Jesus. And I truly believe that in relationships that don't have that basis of Christ, it makes it almost impossible to live it out intentionally, intentionality. We can still love them, we can still serve them, we can still be humble, but it makes it really hard. So that's ever more important why we need the Holy Spirit to empower us to continue to love and serve and to be kind to those who just can't hear it. Because we know that 
The Lord's working on their heart. We're planting the seeds, we're watering the seeds, but God is growing the seed. He's changing the heart. We're believing in that. There's been division, there's been hurt, there's been pain, but God is a God of restoration. He will continue to restore the relationships that we find ourselves in. And he will bring relationship because we have relationship with him. So what I wanna do is just give 30 seconds to just reflect a little bit um, on those kind of original two questions. What's my primary relational context? And how can I be intentional in that context? You need to humble yourself in a relationship and say, hey, you know what? I was, I was living in my own flesh. I'm sorry. And just submit. Do you need to work on that Jesus stuff, <laughs> those spiritual disciplines in the everyday? What is it that you need to do to be intentional with the relationships that God has placed in your life? Just take 30 seconds to just reflect on that question. I'm gonna come up, close out in prayer. And then we'll enjoy the rest of our day, challenged, but hopefully encouraged by Jesus. Lord God, you are good. You are faithful and your promise is always good. Lord, through your Holy Spirit, remind us this morning that we need you evermore. We need you on the daily so that we can best serve and be intentional in the relationship context that you have given us. Lord, remind us that we are forgiven so we can forgive others. Remind us that you are the one that changes the heart, that you are the one that saves because we've been saved. We've been changed. So Lord God, we just submit ourselves to your way you have this thing figured out. You've created life. You are life. And so we say it's your way, Lord. Your way leads to life. And we submit to that. Submit to your word. Jesus, encourage us this morning. Give us hope. And right now, I want to just pray for some of us in this room that are experiencing a hard relationship context. Maybe it's an immediate family member or it's a boss or an employee or someone you used to fellowship with at church. 
or a neighbor, whoever it is, and you're struggling, Lord, I wanna pray right now for these individuals. The Holy Spirit, you would encourage them. You'd encourage them to know that you love them, Lord. That you are their God. Lord, encourage us that are going through a hard relationship to keep praying. Like it says in Romans 12, 12, be patient in trouble, but keep praying. Take hold of hope. So I pray that truth over us this morning, that we wouldn't stop praying for the heart of those that are so hard to love. We wouldn't stop praying for you to do a miracle in those relationships. God, we give you thanks and praise in all these things. And we declare your truth in everything. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Well, thanks for joining with us this morning. And for the in-person gathering, you can take those little flyers home with you, put them on your fridge or wherever you hang something up, just to be reminded of our Easter times. Um, For those on the live stream, thanks for joining with us. Remember, tomorrow night, 8 p.m., we have that Intentional Marriages uh, live stream with my wife and I. So join with us. It'll be good stuff, and we'll see you later.